0: Welcome to Oncofarm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I'm an associate professor and the supporting sponsor of Oncofarm, the Bill Gatton College of Pharmacy here at East Tennessee State University. It is a brisk December 3rd, 2020. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some updates in colon cancer. And really, maybe update may not be the best word, maybe reaffirmation. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, IDEA and Keynote 177, which are things we've discussed on this podcast, but we now have some, uh, some updated publications on both those trials. So let's talk about IDEA first. This was published in uh, the New England Journal of Medicine in 2018. Uh, it is a pooled analysis of six independent clinical trials from all over the world, different nations, uh, in, in uh, different groups, uh, comparing three months of adjuvant chemo. To six months of adjuvant chemo in stage three colon cancer, and the adjuvant chemo could have been FOLFOX or KPAX. So, real quick, here's a history of adjuvant chemo uh, in colon cancer. So, we had uh, in 1990, uh, there's a big, big paper in New England Journal of Medicine that showed that a year, 12 months of 5FU and uh, levamisole, which is an anti-parasitic drug that has some immune, immunomodulatory and immunostimulatory properties, that that improved uh, survival uh, in patients after surgery. So, adjuvant treatment. And then in uh, the mid-2000s, you know, we kind of had confirmed that 5-FU and leucovorin for six months was as good as 12 months uh, 5-FU-based chemo. Uh, Around the same time, we also learned that three-year disease-free survival was a good predictor of five-year overall survival, i.e. it's a good surrogate endpoint uh, that can get results sooner. And then we get the Mosaic study around the same time uh, in New England Journal Medicine 2004 by Andre. Uh, and colleagues uh, showing that Folfox is better than 5-FU and Leucovorn in stage 3 colon cancer. We've talked about this. If you go back and listen to the 5-FU uh, Foundations of Farm podcast, a lot of the early 5-FU studies were bolus 5-FU either weekly or every week or every day for one week out of uh, four months. Or is we In Folfox, we have the, the bolus for a couple hours, or we have the bolus, and then we have the 46-hour infusion. So modified Folfox 6 standard of care based on the Mosaic study. We have that uh, podcast as well for your listening uh, pleasure. Um, so this brings us to idea. Oh, and we also uh, now know that K-Box is basically as good as full Fox for six months as well. Okay, So this brings us to idea looking at uh, basically asking the question, can we do less? Is three months of chemo with now a better regimen, contain oxaloplatin, is that as good as six months? And if you're asking, is it as good? You're really asking, is it non-infected? Inferior? Is it not worse than? So that's what IDEA did, and it was published in 2018. And what we got in 2018 were the three year disease free survival, uh, which uh, this was 12,000 patients. So it was a big study. We are not going to get a better answer to this question. All right, so we have 12,000 patients and six studies uh, independently done by six different uh, groups. Uh, so we have a nice robust data set here uh, to answer this question. Uh, now, the result is not as, as maybe clean and simple as we would like. Um, so, three versus six months of adjuvant chemo did not show non inferiority, which means that three months might be worse. That's the top line result, right? Primary endpoint. Three months might be worse. We can't say for sure it's not worse than six months. Um, but there was a uh, pre planned analysis looking at and was there a difference in the K pox group versus the full fox group? And in the box group, three months was non-inferior to six months. All right. They also looked at low risk versus high risk and found that in the low risk group, three months was non-inferior to six months. Um, so this was this was practice changing. And our favorite guidelines kind of classified uh, them along these lines. I'll, I'll go through this. Uh, but real quick, I want to talk about what is low risk and high risk. Because it's not so simple, right? A real simple way would be low risk is stage 3A colon cancer. And a high risk would be 3B, 3C, or something like that. Uh, it should follow the staging, in my opinion, as a simple-minded uh, clinician. It's not the case. You could have a, somebody that's diagnosed with stage 3A colon cancer. You read the PATH report, it says 3A. And they could be low risk or high risk. So it seems to me that the staging system may need to be revised uh, if we're going to change treatment based on low risk, high risk. That's what staging should kind of tell us is predict uh, outcomes uh, with uh, the current treatments we have available. So low risk is a T1 to T3 lesion, and then only in one disease, which would be three or fewer lymph nodes. An easier way to think of this is if you have any of these following criteria, you're high risk disease. So a T4 lesion, which means a lesion that invades or touches uh, another organ beyond the colon or the peritoneum, or into disease, meaning you have lymph nodes, positive lymph nodes and four or more lymph nodes. All right? So, what our favorite guidelines say is for low risk folks, you could do KFOX times three months, you could do full FOX times three months, but full FOX times six months has, is the category one recommendation. It has the strongest evidence. Because remember, the top line results from IDEA is that it was not non inferior. It's only in this exploratory subgroup analysis we saw this difference in low risk disease. Uh, and for uh, KFOX, it was non inferior with three months versus six months. Okay, So, that's why you see KFOX times three months. Recommended. There's not a KPOX times six months recommendation in these guidelines for low risk, okay? So for a high risk, uh, they said full Fox times six months or KPOX times six months. Those are both equally weighted category one recommendations. And then KPOX for three months is a lower quality recommendation, a 2 A recommendation. So you have a couple different options there. Full Fox times six months is always a category one recommendation for anybody with stage three colon cancer. So there is some nuance in who are the folks that you might do three months uh, anybody with low risk, you could consider three months. Uh, and then if they're higher risk, you would only consider three months of therapy if you were doing a Cape being based regimen, okay? So why are we talking about this, you might ask? This is old news. Well, that's because this week in Lancet Oncology, we get the five-year overall survival data, the, the final publication after six years of median follow-up. So I mentioned before that three-year disease-free survival previously had been shown to be a good surrogate endpoint for five-year overall survival. So let's look and see if that did hold up. Again, 12,000 patients, 40% got kapox, 60% full fox. Five-year overall survival for three months, 82.4%. For six months, it's improved, not improved. It was numerically higher by 0.4%, at 82.4%. That is not non-inferior. So it might be inferior. The confidence interval there goes from 0.95 to 1.11. That 1.11, that 11%, that was the non inferiority margin. So it re- went right up and touched the non-inferiority margin. That's why it's non-inferior. A way that I think about non-inferiority margins, it's say you're watching a basketball game, football game, and it's a close game and a team loses like 42 to 45. The team that scored 42 points lost by three points. Does that mean they're the worst team? Probably not. If you played the same game, uh, you know, the two teams played nine more times, you know, they might win 50-50% of the time, so it's not I don't think I can say that the team that scored fewer points was worse, that they were inferior. But let's say the team scored three points, uh, and the other team scored 45. I'm pretty sure that now that the three-point scoring team is worse than the team that scored 45 points. That's really how you look at non-inferior margins. How much did they beat the other group by? And if you beat them by enough, you can say the other group was worse. That's a very simple way of uh, doing non-inferiority. So top line results, three-year versus six months with five-year overall survival, exact same not non-inferior as we saw with the three-year disease-free survival. Okay, so we're good. Uh, K-Box for five years, three-year overall survival, 82.1%, six-month, 81.8%, so numerically better for the three months. That was non-inferior. So that five-year OS uh, numbers we saw, for Kapox confirmed a three-year disease-free survival, okay? So, so far, so good. Uh, now we look at Folfox, three-year overall, sorry, five-month overall survival with three months of full fox, 82.6%, that imp- goes up to 83.8% with six months, that is not uh, non-inferior. Um, that's the highest number that we have there of any of these, right? So you, you have some 81s, some 82s, and some 83.8% is six months of full fox. So just numerically, the most people alive five years later got full Fox 6, if you look at this numerically. Uh, so from this, we know that three versus six months uh, uh, is, is not non-inferior. Uh, for the low-risk patients, in overall survival rate was also non-inferior. So our five-year overall survival rates confirm in every way uh, the big takeaways we got from the three-year disease-free survival rates, okay? So, confirms three-year disease-free survival translated to the, to the similar magnitude of benefit at five-year overall survival. The take-home point is, you're talking to a patient, um, you know, if you make it three years after chemo, three years after diagnosis, you get your three or six months of chemo, you make it three years, disease doesn't come back, you feel really confident that you're not the disease will not come back and you'll be alive two years later, okay? So, you make it three years, you're good with colon cancer is one way to look at this. Uh, six months of Folfox is the king, and you got to beat the king So really supplant therapy and nothing's beaten six months of full fox yet. But we got some oxytoxy that that six months of oxaloplatin is pretty toxic. Um, So, you know, you make it three months um, with full fox, and they start to have a lot of toxicity. You do feel pretty good then at that point about, especially if they're low risk disease, about maybe not doing the rest of their treatment. And if they're high risk, maybe you feel okay about just switching just to capecitabine for the other three months to finish kind of a a hybrid course of three months of oxaliplatin-based chemo, completed with three months of just 5-FU, or or preferably uh, capecitabine. Um, And again, big takeaway, all these numbers are above 80%. 80%. So stage three colon cancer with the best treatment chemo followed by, uh, or surgery followed by adjuvant chemo, four out of five are gonna be alive five years later. Uh, So some quick takeaways there, 80% uh, cure rates. Five years later it was stage three, uh, based on idea. All right, so that confirms kind of what we already knew, but it's it's a it's practice changing. So I thought it was worth revisiting that we do have that five-year overall survival data that does confirm that New England Journal Medicine publication from uh, a couple years ago. All right, next we're going to move into the uh, the metastatic setting, talking about Keno one seventy-seven. Now this was an abstract presented uh, at ASCO uh, this year, uh, back in. Uh, Back in May or June, it's been a long year. Um, so this was 300 patients randomized to either pembrolizumab or chemo in the first-line treatment of metastatic colorectal cancer in patients with uh, high microsatellite instability or mismatch repair deficiency. Um, now, what we knew from the ASCO abstract was that pembro had a PFS advantage. We knew the Kaplan-Meier curves crossed over, uh, and that the people that got pembro had durable responses. Okay. So when we look now at the publication that just came out uh, uh, yesterday in the New England Journal of Medicine, progression-free survival was 16, uh, median progression-free survival was 16.5 months with Pembro versus 8.2 months with chemo. Uh, if you look at that, that is more of a doubling in median PFS. And if you more than double median PFS, you might expect the hazard ratio to be 0.5 or even below 0.5, say 0.45. The hazard ratio is 0.6. And that's because the kathomia curves do cross over. Initially, in the first six months, if you look at the kathomia curves for progression free survival, in the first six months, it looks like chemo is the better option for these patients. But then the chemo kathomia curves drops pretty precipitously, and the pembro kathomia curves really stabilizes from 12 to 24 months, from one year to two year. The slope is fairly flat. You know, it goes down maybe 5, 10, 15 degrees, but it's pretty flat, and that fits with what we see uh, with the the, those folks who do have responses to immunotherapies, they tend to be durable responses. They're not short-lived uh, responses. Uh, by the way, patients got chemo, the ones who did get chemo, about six months. Median duration of treatment was six months, which is about the time you see the kaplan Meyer curves cross over. Uh, when you look at the subgroup analysis here, Pembro. Uh, The PFS uh, was better, in the PEMBRO arm looks like every subgroup benefits from PEMBRO except for those with KRAS and NRAS mutations, where there doesn't seem to be any benefit of PEMBRO. In fact, if you really looked at that and had a ton of patients, you might see that chemo was statistically significantly better than PEMBRO if you had more patients, not enough to say that from the subgroup. It doesn't look like there's any PEMBRO effect. We also do expect that these MSI-high Mismatch repair deficiency, to be more likely on right-sided colon cancer. That's more familial-based. Now, one-third of patients in the study to have left-sided colon cancer, which may be sporadic with MSI high. And we did seem to see benefit with PEMBRA there, although the magnitude may have been less than right-sided tumors. Uh, But again, we'd need to see more patients, only about uh, 50 patients or so in each arm uh, on that study, or in that subgroup analysis. Well, what is new that we see here now because uh, we kind of knew that before about the progression-free survival and the kaplan meier curves crossing. What's new here is our overall survival data, which is immature. It's about two-thirds mature. And, uh, you know, 37% of people were alive. Uh, no, 37% had, uh, had died in the Pember arm versus 44.8% in the chemo arm. So there's a delta, there's a difference of 8% uh, overall survival numerically favoring Pembrolizumab. Uh, now... It's two-thirds mature. Uh, the Data Safety Monitoring Board recommended to continue the trial as is uh, until kind of the final overall survival analysis. Now, what's important is because they they did that, uh, we should get a pretty good uh, overall survival analysis. Uh, that is real world because they did allow crossover. So patients who got chemo could cross over to Pembro. In fact, 36% did. Another 23% went on to receive not Pembroke, but another PD-1 or pdl one targeting drug, which means uh, we have basically a crossover to immunotherapy of 59%. So that may end up uh, blunting or uh, or even not showing an overall survival benefit, but, but what we have right now, an 8% improvement in overall survival, now these may be different time points, so there's a lot of variability in what that might look like say 12 months from now when we might get our final overall survival benefit, but it looks very promising. And, of course, this has been practice changing. People have been saying that, that Pembro up front for these folks looks good. And it still looks good even in folks that get chemo that cross over uh, to Pembro. Um, if we look at how people responded initially, so response, progressive disease, that sort of stuff. Complete response, 11% with Pembro versus 4% with chemo. Partial response is 33 and 30% respectively. Um response lasting more than two years. 83% of people who had a response on Pembro, that response was maintained uh, for more than two years. So again, when I have a response, it's a durable response, right? So that should translate to good quality of life. Um, whereas those folks who had chemo, 35%, fairly high number if you ask me, 35% of the patients who had a response to chemo maintained their response for two years. Uh, but again, when you look at folks who had progressive disease, 29% had progressive disease with Pembro versus 12% with chemo, which means about a third of patients on this study that got Pembro progressed very quickly. Uh, Now maybe they still maintain some benefit from Pembro later as far as uh, the progressive disease, who knows, right? Um, Because we do see some benefit in the overall survival, it looks like we would see that. But there are some folks uh, in this cohort for whom Pembro just did not work right away, which makes you uh, ask the question I asked before about this study is, should we combine chemo and PEMBRO in this subset of patients with MSI high or mismatched repair deficiency? And that is uh, the subject of the atomic study, uh, which is ongoing, which is uh, a plus full Fox stage three uh, adjuvant treatment uh, for MSI high or, or mismatch repair deficiency. So we might get uh, some data a- along those lines with combined immunotherapy uh, with full Fox. And I'm sure other, um, uh other, other companies are doing similar studies with their checkpoint inhibitor uh, with Fall in the metastatic study. And this was just uh, the atomic study. It was one mentioned in the editorial that accompanied this. Uh, so, you know, this confirms what we saw. Uh, in my opinion, I, I'm glad that they're going to, see what happens with so many people crossing over to immunotherapy from the chemo arm because that's what would happen in, in real life or what would happen today. So that should hopefully give us some benefit and it'll be it'll be even more impressive if Pembroke shows an overall survival benefit despite crossover because uh, you know the, the folks who, who got chemo are then getting the next best thing, which is what it should be and <laughs> it's a little bit of a hollow compliment that you did the right thing. You could say it should be 100%. Of course, some of those folks are gonna progress very quickly uh, and not be candidates for chemo after they progress. So those are the updates we have uh, for colon cancer uh, with Idea and Kino one seventy seven. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I've really enjoyed seeing those of you share on social media. Uh, that Anku Farm was was one of your uh, top listened to podcast on Spotify. Warms my heart. Uh, so so thank you for that. Um, and until uh, I talk to you again, remember doses matter.